Welcome to Alec Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today, I'm sitting down with Mississippi Senator Joel Carter. He represents Mississippi's District 49. And today, we're going to be discussing how in Mississippi, they utilize CARES Act funding to enhance and support rural broadband. So first of all, Senator Carter, thank you so much for zooming into our podcast here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me today, Dan. I I look forward to our conversation. Thanks so much. So just to get listeners a little apprised with this situation, before we jump into a specific bill, can you talk to our listeners about the CARES Act funding and, and how it kind of allowed this opportunity for you? So whenever the federal government passed the CARES Act, I saw it in several different states. There was this dispute on whether the governor controlled the funds or the legislature controlled the funds in various states. In Mississippi, we decided that the legislature constitutionally appropriated any kind of federal funds that came down to the state of Mississippi, which it was $1.2 billion, $1.25, I believe. I, I don't, don't hit me on the head for the right amount, but um, it, it provided a bunch of different opportunities for the state of Mississippi, healthcare, uh, rural broadband, compensation for lost revenues, for small businesses, a variety of different things. I am the chairman of energy in Mississippi Senate. So rural broadband was, a, was something that I really, really was interested in. Um, and it, it came from my experience, my first two years in the Senate, working with former Governor Phil Bryant with uh, workforce development. We traveled in the state, didn't realize how fortunate some of us are to have several internet service providers. And when I went to the more rural areas of the, of the state, that didn't have an internet service provider at all. In fact, those that did, it, it was the, the minimum up and up and download and it, just basically DSL service. And it cuts on and off. It's just not reliable. And what I found out is, is that was a hindrance to our workforce development training which corporations really look at. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. Um, you know, you just realized when you were looking at it firsthand how important it would be to expand and enhance rural broadband. You passed a bill to do this. As you said, you guys were appropriating the, the federal CARES funding in the state legislature in Mississippi. Can you talk to our listeners about, you know, the specifics of that bill and what it did for rural broadband? So what the first thing is we wanted to be responsible with that money. And we didn't just want to throw a big chunk of money out there and, and have everybody spend it. We wanted people to have skin in the game. And our electric cooperatives throughout the state came together as an association and came to the legislature and said, hey, look, you give us $50 million, we'll match it. It's $100 million in investment in rural broadband. Through negotiations, it ended up being $75 million that we, we passed a bill, passed an appropriations bill. They matched it for $150 million investment in fiber optic cable. And this is, this, is, this is fiber optic cable that goes to unserved and underserved areas of the state of Mississippi. That's absolutely awesome. What do you think this does practically for an individual in those areas? I mean, speak to, you know, we're talking here in policy and, and, and big numbers, millions and billions of dollars. What does it mean for just an individual in that area that's getting this investment? Well, it helps with economic development, number one, workforce development training. And you have to look at medicine, telehealth. Through this COVID crisis, 
even my doctors, I'm, I'm doing telehealth visits. I'm not going into the clinic. People in rural areas don't have that advantage if they don't have a reliable internet connection to be able to properly diagnose things that are wrong with them. Yeah, I think that's hugely important. What's been, you know, the reception for this idea in, in Mississippi? How's it been uh, going over? Well, anytime you have $75 million that you're, you're putting out there to match, people come out of the woodworks trying to reach for it. But generally, it's been very, very well perceived. Uh, the co- electric cooperatives in the early 1900s were the ones that went out and provided power when the big power companies would go to those areas. So it just kind of made sense. We've got these areas where they've already got poles and lines. Uh, why not give them the opportunity to put the fiber out there when the current internet service providers will not do that because it doesn't fit their business model? Sure, yeah, totally. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And having high-speed internet, I think you know, on-demand, reliable access to high-speed internet seems so important for not only where we're going today, but frankly, where we are right now. You know, we're doing this podcast, for example, not in the same room at all, but frankly, I'm using a high-speed internet connection. You're likely using a high-speed internet connection. We probably wouldn't be able to succeed in this podcast without a high-speed internet connection. And that's not even one of the more fascinating uses of internet when you apply it to things like the healthcare field or even things like farming rural areas that, you know, would be so, so important. Um, Can you talk to our listeners a little bit more about the state management of, you know, these these CARES Act funding and, you know, how it's been going implementing this rural investment? So we we kind of spread it out into the Mississippi Development Authority and um, also to the Department of Finance Administration. What we did with the various bills that we passed with in respect to CARES Act funding, any money that isn't spent by a certain date, the money goes into the Unemployment Security Fund. One of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did not have to do is pay money back to the federal government. So we were very cautious in how we wrote this legislation and how we've spent it. And thus far, everything has been pretty, pretty smooth. We haven't had any bumps in the road so far. Yeah, that's great. That's really great to hear that uh, it's been going like that. How has the federal government been involved at all, if at all, in this effort? I know, obviously, been involved with the the CARES Act funding, but just talk to our listeners a little bit about that delineation. As far as the federal government goes, they kind of just, they, they sent the money down and our U.S. senators in Mississippi haven't been involved as well as our congressional delegation, kind of left it up to the, the Mississippi legislature to make those decisions. Yeah. We basically, we tried to identify where we could best use the funds and that's ultimately the decisions that we made. Yeah. But the, the federal government really hasn't been pretty silent from what I understand as far as the CARES Act funding goes. Yeah. Definitely seems, you know, something that was left up to the states. You know, much we're seeing in the CARES Act funding and in, frankly, the overarching response to COVID-19 has been one that is locally executed, state-managed, and federally supported. So it's kind of cool to see not only how, you know, that's been going on this entire year, but how that set up, frankly, the system of federalism that I'm describing applies here to this policy of rural broadband expansion in Mississippi. To the other state legislators listening, maybe policy wonks who focus on other states, 
What would you want them to learn from your experience in Mississippi fighting for this issue? Well, something that you said made me think back to the, the legislative session. Uh, Mississippi, we're only in session the first three months out of the year. We don't, we're not in session all year long. This year's been a crazy year, so we've had to go in and out, in and out. Uh, we actually just, Sonny died in October. But Mississippi has been so, how do you put it, they've managed their money well. We have a full rainy day fund, over $550 million in the fund. We were very, very conservative in, in the way that we, we budgeted for, for this year. And when the federal government started providing all the unemployment assistance and everything, we actually saw increased numbers in our budget. We, were, we, we have more money coming in than we, we anticipated. And so Mississippi, we're in a great financial position right now. And that wasn't something that was anticipated when, when COVID hit. So we were able to spend the CARES Act money where it truly helped small businesses. Uh, it helped our healthcare system. Like I said, rural broadband. And it helped us shore up our unemployment uh, assistance fund. Yeah. So I'm proud to uh, be a part of a team that really, really values taxpayer money and make sure that we're, we're responsible with it. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, you know, really admirable to see that effort and uh, really important for other folks to, to remember if they're thinking about doing something along these lines. But yeah, one point you just made there, I want to double down a little bit for our listeners. The reason why Mississippi and many other states, frankly, not all of them, but many states fared COVID better than other states is because they had built up rainy day funds. They had systems in place that were prepared to take economic crises generally, which the COVID-19 pandemic did cause. You know, So when you have those systems set up in place, you will come through and be better prepared for the unexpected like COVID-19. So I, you know, it's really important for us to remember that. Kind of does bring us near the end of our podcast segment today, but I do want to leave you with the final say, Senator Carter, if there's anything pressing on the top of your mind today, just to leave with the state legislators and policy wonks who listen to across the states. Well, I think it's important to note that Mississippi had over $700 million in the unemployment trust fund prior to COVID and $550 million in the rainy day fund. And that was because of conservative policy and being responsible with taxpayer money. That helped us through the first couple of tough months of COVID. And then when we went through our budget process, we, we made sure to, to be very, very conservative with those numbers. And, you know, we, we were in a position to where we weren't trying to plug budget holes with COVID, with, with CARES Act funds, which I think some states were in a position where they, they were looking at that. And, and then that made them vulnerable to clawbacks from the federal government. That was not the case in Mississippi. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that. And um, again, thank you so much, Senator Carter, for joining Across the States today. I've been your host, Dan Reynolds, sitting down with Mississippi Senator Joel Carter, who represents Mississippi's 49th district. Senator Carter, thank you so much uh, for taking some time out of your afternoon today and talking to the Across the States listeners. Thank you, Dan. And if you're interested in having your ideas featured on Alec Across the States, do not hesitate to email us at acrossthestates at alec.org. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. 
To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.